0: Welcome to Girl About the Globe, a podcast for you as a solo female traveller. Empowering women to travel solo with maximum adventure, minimum impact. Welcome to A Dose of Inspiration for the Solo Traveller. Today I'm joined by Stephanie Henthorne, a solo traveller from the UK who's lived in Nicaragua several times, the longest being for one year. Hi Stephanie, great to meet you.
1: Hi, thanks for asking me in.
0: Oh, you're welcome. I really like Nicaragua and I think it's got a lot to offer solo travellers. So I wanted to speak to you about it because I know that you've been there several times. But before we start talking about Nicaragua, can you just tell me what your normal style of travelling's like? Do you go for
1: culture or history? Firstly, my style of travel. Very much a budget traveller independent. I've been doing it for a very long time. I'm interested in a, a sort of social and political landscape of, of where I'm going. So I think it's great to go to places that have got lots of castles and museums and so forth, but I'm much more of a people watcher. I qualified as a social anthropologist and really my biggest joy when I'm traveling is to sit in cafes and, and watch and, and try and understand the society that's happening before me. Um, As to why I went to Nicaragua the first time a very long time ago, I did my first degree in Latin American Studies and in the final year for a language project I did stuff about the Sandinista revolution in Nicaragua and that's what kind of got me interested because it was such an incredible piece of history this tiny country that had a socialist revolution Mm. that was democratic, uh, pro-poor. And it appealed to the early 20s romantic in me. And I saw that you could go to Nicaragua and participate in coffee-picking brigades. So you would stay on local farms and work on the coffee harvest and uh, learn about the country. So I did that and then spent some time travelling on my own afterwards. Um, so that's, that's what kind of piqued my interest in the first place.
0: So I went to Nicaragua about six years ago, and I went into the coffee region. I went to, is it called Matagalpa?
1: Matagalpa, yeah.
0: Yeah, and the coffee in Nicaragua was, it was really nice, and I really enjoyed being there and learning more about the coffee culture.
1: Yeah, it is It is fascinating. And I think when you focus on one particular thing in, and sort of delve into that, you have a fairly good understanding of how the country works in a way that you don't get if you try to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. And so, with, with the coffee, for example, you have to understand the nature of export trades and commodity markets and how poor countries are getting completely ripped off and not getting decent value for for their goods, which is why fair trade, for example, is so important. You know, it's the difference between kids getting access to school, for example, or people getting access to health. Mm -hmm. And Matagalpa is a lovely area as well.
0: So you said that you've been there a, a few times. What was it that kept drawing you back, and did you see any changes during the times that you kept
1: going back? I think the reason that I keep going back... It's it's got a kind of ingredient X. It's got something. Some places just get under your skin and Nicaragua is under mine. Has it changed? Absolutely it has, for better and for worse. Sadly, the country is once again under a dictatorship. Mm -hmm. The revolutionary government, the Sandinistas that were once our heroes, they're back into power, but Ortega, the president, has become a dictator So, watching this country I love slide into that state again is quite heartbreaking. For the visitor, I think the country has improved in the sense that there's a lot of infrastructure that didn't exist before. The economy, most people are still bobbling along the bottom, very poor. There is an economy that's very functional for the visitor or for those who have that little bit more money. The tourist trade is promoted by the government, and and rightly so. It does have an extraordinary amount to offer. And I think that a lot of that is more easily accessible now than it was when I first started going there.
0: And I read that there's been political unrest since April 2018, because we're recording this in June 2020, do you have any advice for travelling to a country that's now so highly politicised or how would you feel about going back to, to Nicaragua at the moment?
1: I think going to a highly politicised country is, is interesting. I, I wouldn't say it's a no-go, definitely not, but I would try to inform yourself as to what the dominant political forces are mm-hmm. and to try and understand why this unrest exists. In the case of Nicaragua, the, the unrest is there because people are rising up against the dictatorship and the the government has come down very heavily and, and is responsible for uh, a huge amount of human rights abuses, uh, wrongful imprisonment, murder. They've particularly picked on the most progressive elements in the country, and that includes a lot of the women's movement. The women's movement in Nicaragua, for me, is, is one of the things that draws me back. Global-level pioneering thinking and activities. If you go to Nicaragua, I would say don't get yourself involved in any political activities such as marches and so on, if you're confident and clear about who you're with. On the whole, foreigners don't get targeted. But if there seem to be people that are what might be seen as in collusion with the people that the government oppose, you potentially run a risk. Other than that, your risk is that violence might break out just as it does, you know, on a demo in London.
0: Yeah. That's fantastic, isn't it, that they're doing that work for, for women in the country?
1: They really are pioneering.
0: What would you say is the country's attraction to women travelling alone? When I went, I was very drawn to all the different activities you can do, and especially because the country is full of volcanoes, so I got to volcano board for the very first time. But I do think the country has a lot more to offer than just volcanoes, so what, what would you say is the country's
1: attraction for solo females? Well, first off, wow that you've done the volcano walking thing. (laughs) It's a new development, and next time I go back, whenever that is, I'm definitely, definitely going to give that a go. But its main attractions, for such a small country, it does offer so much in terms of different kind of terrain. There's, There's mountains, there's beach, Caribbean, tropical rainforest, tropical dry forest. For nature lovers, it offers a huge amount. It's a, a globally important bioreserve, reserve So there's there's a lot you can do, and it's got a really strong backpacker scene because of its revolutionary history. It's kind of drawn people that, you know, are, stay away from all the cliché kind of places. But nowadays, as Nicaragua has opened up, it's very popular for adventure sports and so on. But for women specifically i think because it has got a strong travellers scene and the strong women's movement there's some there's something in particular that i would really like to mention because of the the women's movement there are also alongside that there has arisen a movement of men against violence who work specifically with other men about gender equality and the causes behind violence and so on That's also received quite a lot of international support. And their message has become quite commonplace in society, is to know that gendered violence is a crime. So it's become part of the national narrative, the dialogue. And because of that, I think some forms of sexist behaviour, like the stuff that we all kind of end up subject to as solo women travellers, all the whistling and touching and mm. whatever, it seemed to be socially unacceptable. I mean, okay, that is only working at the superficial level because Nicaragua remains, like most of Latin America, extremely much used the country. Yeah. But because the narrative has changed, nowadays you do get less of the open hassle, harassment, and if somebody is seen to harass you, people around will kind of step in and defend you and have a go at the bloke that's trying to touch you or whatever. And that that's something really quite particular to Nicaragua.
0: One of the places in Nicaragua where I found a bit of harassment was Leone. It was generally boys of school children age, and they were just making the sound such as trying so to get my attention. So I put it down to it just being horrible. teenage boys, but I, it was very noticeable. But that's the only place that I can really recall it
1: being quite yeah, prominent. It's horrible, that, um,
0: that's it,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, those young boys are just kind of symbolic of, you know, the the sort of the gender biased structure of society. Yeah. So they grow up with this idea of what it is to be a real man and they got to prove themselves in front of their mates by acting up in this way. But it, it was fine because it wasn't threatening or anything it just got a little bit
0: frustrating in the end.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: But you said that the destination attracts quite a lot of backpackers. Did you find it quite easy to meet other women travelling there?
1: Yeah, I think it I think it is pretty easy because as I say it it has a certain attraction for people who, who are maybe interested in global politics and people who are more independent-minded. And the more independent-minded a place, the better it's going to be for women because you don't have to kind of just be seen as half of a couple all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's completely normal for women to travel alone there. Yeah, you'll still get some of the harassment, but it's totally normal.
0: How do you think you're perceived as a Westerner in Nicaragua? Because obviously you were there for a year in one go, weren't you? Did you find that attitudes changed towards you the longer that you were there? Or were you welcome?
1: Yeah, it definitely changes the longer you're there because you're not so much of an outsider just passing through. And I was working there. Um, I worked for Oxfam for a little while um, and I voluntarily worked for another organisation as well. So if you're if you're kind of part of any endeavour that's trying to make a difference, that's trying to make an improvement, then you're definitely seen differently than you, than you would be as if you were kind of passing through for a couple of weeks. Because you've come from a... A wealthier country you're automatically seen as having more money and the fact that you've even afforded to go to another country means that that that's true that is a fact even if you're living on a completely skinflint backpacker budget and trying to eat for a dollar a day the fact that you have access to money to get there means that you are going to be a target for petty theft And it happens all the time. And you you need to be prepared for that. That's the key thing as a Westerner. You're perceived as being wealthier. I think it makes a difference being British or from the USA. Because the USA has exerted so much influence over Nicaragua throughout history. You know, it's been a dominant, aggressor neighbour. As a white European, I can't speak for if you're... Asian or black European, but as a white European, you're seen kind of a bit differently than if you were from North America. But they will automatically assume that you're from North America until you make it clear that you're British. And people who understandably resent the power of the USA will soften up to a British person, in my experience.
0: What would you say, it's probably a hard question, but what would you say are your highlights and your favourite places
1: in the country? Gosh, there's so many. I think there's a a couple of places. One would be Little Corn Islands. It's this little slice of Caribbean that most people have never heard of and got those perfect white beaches, brilliant diving and snorkeling. Another one for me that's maybe less known but for me was really special, um, is La Flor, which is, is on the Pacific coast near the Costa Rican border. And there's a turtle reserve there, so really helping endangered species of turtles. I paid for a tour one night to go to the turtle reserve and wow. with, with only infrared lights, and no talking allowed. We were able to get close to turtles coming out of the ocean and digging their huge hole in the sands and laying their eggs. I kind of got lost in the David Attenborough program. <laughs> um, also seeing turtles hatching, like little tiny tiny things appearing out of the sand, tiny little turtles about the size of your fingertip, to make their way down to the to the ocean. And it was a full moon, and there was a shadow of palm trees just cast perfectly okay. on the sands, and all this turtle wildlife happening in silence. It was absolute magic.
0: Oh, it sounds amazing.
1: So that's La Flor, and you can get there from San Juan del Sur, which okay. is a popular tourist destination.
0: That's where I came in, because I travelled from Costa Rica overland, And that was my first port of call in Nicaragua, was San Juan del Sur. And it's very much geared up, from my perception, it's very much geared up for the the party traveller. And they have Sunday fun days, I don't know if they still do them, where on every Sunday you go around to different hotels, you lounge by the pool and you have drinks and you just get to know people. So it's a very sociable area and it was a good start for my
1: Nicaraguan itinerary. As a, as a way of easing yourself into to the country, San Juan del Sur would, would be great. For me, it's become much too much of a party town. It's overcrowded, noisy, it's, it's completely lost its charm. But it is an easy place to start off and meet people. You can also, from there, you can get day trips to absolutely beautiful beaches nearby where there's, where there's no buildings the complete opposite of San Juan del Sur. I've also, I can't remember the name of the beach, I think it was Madeira, but I learned to surf. There's a couple of shacks where you can hang your hang- hammock and get a bit of breakfast locally. Um, so probably not ideal to do on your own because you would be quite mm. But if you're someone else or a group. I think camping out on the beach is nearby. But yeah, San Juan big party town. So if that's what you like, then then go for it. It also is quite useful as, as a base to go to quieter places.
0: Do you have any other favourite places in the country?
1: Well, I think I have, I'm going to have to say Matagalpa because yeah. that was my first Nicaragua. It was my first love in the mountains. Yeah. It, I think Nicaragua for me has a lot of first love elements to it oh that's good yeah and like I say keep going back when I perhaps ought not (laughs) to but I do recommend it as a destination though I really do I'll be wholly honest about what Nicaragua is and what it isn't
0: I find it a very the budget destination I think if you're on a backpacking budget then it's a very good place to travel to and there's so many different places and terrains like you say in the country that you could easily spend two weeks to a month there I spent a month there my itinerary I went from San Juan del Sur down to Laguna de Apoyo and then Granada which is a beautiful city then um, Ometepe where I took the ferry across to, to Lake Ometepe
1: and oh, then from, special,
0: Yeah, yeah, and then to Messiah and then Messiah to Lyon, which I absolutely loved, did volcano boarding, then headed north, is north, isn't it? To Matagalpa. i yeah. bypassed Managua. I don't know if that was the right decision or not. How do you how do you feel about Managua?
1: That's absolutely the right decision. Okay.
0: So that's the capital of Nicaragua, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's the capital. So sooner or later, you are going to have to at least pass through it. Mm. But I don't recommend spending much time there. It, It hasn't got a lot going for it. Yes, it's where I've lived and I love it because of that. But I think you're much better off basing yourself Maybe Masaya, for example, which is only an hour away. Leon is only an hour away. Yeah. One thing that's always intrigued me about Managua, and I've never seen another city like it. It has actually no city centre. So normally, when you go somewhere, you sort of gravitate towards the centre. But Nicaragua doesn't. Uh, Managua doesn't have a centre because it all fell down in the 1973 earthquake, and and was never rebuilt there. Okay. And in fact. The the whole country, well, the, the Pacific Coast, it's all on the San Andres Fault, which is why there's so many volcanoes, 19 volcanoes to be precise. Wow. But there, there's often tremors. It wouldn't be unusual to be there only for two weeks and experience a bit of a tremor. If you've never experienced one, it's, it's really, really weird the first time. Knowing what earthquakes can do, it can also be quite alarming.
0: yeah. But one thing that I do love about Nicaragua is the chicken buses and the way that you get around because it's so incredibly cheap to get around, and every single bus that you get right. on just feels like a completely different adventure because you don't know what music the bus driver is going to play. You get people coming on board and selling you seaweed juice or yeah. snacks and yeah. the food that they've prepared. So it's. Even just going on one of the buses is just such an adventure, and you never quite know where you're going to get dropped off.
1: Yeah, if you if you want to get dropped off before the the bus's actual destination, you have to make it really clear that you want to get off there because the buses can get so crowded that you won't be able to you know walk down the aisleway. So you have to shout or tell tell the boy that's collecting money off the passengers. Make, make, make it known that you need to get off somewhere so that the driver knows to stop and and try and tell the passengers around you as well so that they help you clap yeah. your way to the door.
0: <laughs> I think if you're backpacking and you meet someone else who's backpacking on the bus you tend to stay together anyway don't you there's some kind of camaraderie as soon as you see another another westerner would you say that The buses are the easiest way to get around. Did you use any other mode of transport? I know that when I flew to Big Corn Island, which you mentioned earlier, the Big Corn and Little Corn Island, you can take a boat. But I flew from Managua. But
1: apart from that,
0: I travelled around using the chicken buses.
1: Buses in Nicaragua are incredibly reliable. They leave on time. When you go to the markets, which is where buses always depart from, it's this organised chaos, but the buses leave on time. There isn't really much option unless you hire a car. Uh, I've never done car hire in Nicaragua, but if you do, you would certainly have a lot of advantages in being able to get to beaches that other people don't go to. Internal flights are definitely worth it if you're going to the Caribbean coast. When I first went, you couldn't even do the whole thing by bus because the, the, it wasn't possible to build roads through rainforests. So you had to get a bus to a place called Muya de los Huelles and then get a slow riverboat down to Bluefields, which was definitely an adventure. If you're a little bit pinched for time, hop on a, a plane from Managua. You don't generally have to book. You can just turn up and go. But I would say do go to somewhere on the Caribbean coast because it is a different side of Nicaragua and I think it's very important to understand its history and being on an isthmus between the Caribbean and the Pacific is quite amazing. Also, something about the Caribbean coast, which I think is particularly relevant to British travellers, until 1905, it was a British protectorate And when I went in the, oh, gosh, end of 80s, 90, if you went in really old-school people's houses, you would even see a picture of the Queen on the wall. It was a picture of that. Yeah.
0: If you only had two weeks, which isn't really a lot of time for the amount of places that you can see in Nicaragua, what would your perfect itinerary be?
1: I would stay away from Managua as much as possible because it... It doesn't have a lot to offer um, compared to old colonial cities like Granada and Leon. Um, but I would, in two weeks, I would try to include something of the northern mountains, highlands, uh, Leon, Granada, Ometepe. It's a quite unique thing to have this island with two volcanoes in it in the middle of a huge lake. It's actually the biggest inland water on the continent, apart from... Tic- related to Titacaga. Yeah, it's the biggest apart from that. Some beaches on the Pacific, go surfing, and for the Caribbean side, prioritise Little Corn Islands. It is unusual to have access to a piece of the Caribbean that has no cars at the kind of prices that you can pay in in little corn islands. Yeah, those would be my priorities. If you're a nature lover, there are other things that you could prioritise, and that would be worth looking into. It has bio-reserves, so you could look into that as well.
0: And are there any hidden gems that you think people should definitely visit? You mentioned before about going down to where the Costa Rican border was and seeing the turtles hatch. Are there any other areas? Because I didn't even know about that. Are there any other areas that aren't that well known that you think people
1: should definitely see? I'm sure there's probably loads, but I think La Flor is, is still the one that springs to mind. But if you want deserted beaches, that's also accessible. Firstly, if you hire a car, great. But if you don't, placing yourself in San Juan del Sur just to get out of it to some kind of perfect beaches to the north and the south would also be my recommendation.
0: And is there anywhere that you would avoid in the country?
1: Not really. I think it's more about how you travel, There's a market in Managua called Mercado Oriental, which is supposed to be a real no-go area. It's dangerous and whatever. So common wisdom has it, don't go there. But if you want to see a big, bustling market that kind of has everything that you'd expect, you could go to Wembe's market. But again, you need to be very careful with your money. You could do what Nicaraguan women do, put your money in your bra and go to the market. That's a good idea.
0: (laughs) So in that scenario, it might be worth taking a fake purse with you with hardly any money in one that you can hand over.
1: Totally, totally. I, I always have some spare dollars, like $20 or so, so that if I delve into my pocket, there's money there, I can give it away and the rest is hidden.
0: Yeah, great idea. Would you also say that In the evenings, you you need to be more cautious in Nicaragua.
1: Definitely. Don't go wandering around on your own at night in most cities. Uh, Rural places, probably not so much of a problem. But if people kind of know where you are, which is always going to happen in a small place, if you're in a tiny village in the mountains, people will know that there's a Westerner staying there. And usually they'll look out for you you know, Nicaragua is an immensely welcoming country, and people want you to have a good time. But there will always be that element, and you need to be aware of it. So in the cities, always use taxis, and try to learn how to use taxis. And you've always got to haggle, be absolutely clear about where you're going. Taxis are, are pretty safe. In some countries that's not the case, but Nicaragua, yeah, taxis.
0: Talking of having a good time, one thing that just sprung to mind was the, the Nicaraguan rum, which is clear rum, so I'd mm. probably say avoid drinking too much of that if you're out by yourself, but that's something very unique in Nicaragua, isn't it? Did you try it when you were there?
1: Oh my goodness, it's running through my veins. <laughs> the brand is called Flor de Cana. That's it, yeah. yeah. It used to be a state-owned company, so when it was a, a kind of a socialist government and company, it was your duty <laughs> to drink Flor de Cana because you're putting money into the state. There are actually several grades of the rum, and it is it's very very good rum. But getting drunk on your own in Nicaragua uh, not a good idea. No. Don't get drunk enough. Yeah. That haven't got a safe assured way back to your bed
0: very good advice actually just talking about beds with the accommodation a lot of the accommodation from the outside it seems it's very surprising because it seems quite small but then when you go in it's very long and it seems to go back quite far and there always seems to be an inner courtyard
1: what you mentioned like a small frontage that goes back quite a long way The population density in Nicolaibury is quite low, so you tend to get a a lot of area, even if you're poor. But the the front of a house, where it's seen from the road, that will always be the bit where people have put the most of their limited money. So it might be painted, it's got proper windows and a tiled floor. And the further back you go to where people sleep, it's probably mud walls or sleeping space is just separated by curtains, but the bit facing the road is like people want to give a, a good impression.
0: Interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah, your washing facilities and shower, like it's very basic showering outside where there's no roof, even in a thunderstorm, I love it, but of course, you know, you can get a very fine hotel as well, all of that is available.
0: Yeah, it just depends on what kind of experience you're after, whether you want a a cheap, rustic experience or
1: something a bit more comfortable. That's one thing that has has changed a lot in Nicaragua in the last few years, that if if you want that degree of comfort, it's certainly there. If you've got the money, you can have comfortable hotels, air-conditioned bus tours. Uh, There's also um, some good uh, eco-ventures So not cheap, but ecologically viable and beneficial. So look out for those possibilities as well if you've you've got the budget for it. So if your budget is a bit more comfortable, I say really try to support these eco ventures rather than hotel chains.
0: I stayed at a place called the Peace Project in Laguna de Apoyo. And it was very reasonable, and it was quite rustic, but the proceeds of you paying for accommodation for an evening went to help educate children in the local community, and I just thought that was such
1: a great project to stay in. Nicaragua is is full of progressive initiatives like that. Fantastic. So what would
0: you say to someone who's looking to go to Nicaragua for the first time alone? they're unsure
1: about it. Try to do a little bit of research about the history of the country, understand why things are the way they are. It's a politically very divided country. You will end up in conversation with people because it's friendly and, you know, hopefully you're you're an open-minded traveller and you will talk to people. You'll meet very opposing views, so keep an open mind. Ask people why they have the view that they do, but don't argue with them. Because people do have reasons for having the views they are, and they've lived through war, which most of us in our generation, we haven't experienced war. So they've lived through war, they've lived through dictatorship, natural disasters. So just do try to have conversations with people, um, because it's a fascinating country, and you can get so much out of it. With an open mind. Um, or oh, the other thing I would say, really important, just do try to learn a little bit of Spanish. Um, for two reasons, one, it's a bit safer. You you are a little bit less vulnerable. But also, you can engage with people. You, even just a hundred words will take you so much further than no words at all. And for women, do all the safety business. And if you can seek out any local women's activities or projects do try to support them because they're they're brilliant organizations in Nicaragua
0: and final question how would you describe Nicaragua in three words
1: (laughs) Um, thrilling tragic and varied.
0: interesting and is there anything else that you'd like to add
1: thank you so much for for giving me this opportunity, and i I hope that it helps more women have a fulfilling experience in Nicaragua
0: definitely. I'd really enjoyed Nicaragua. I mean I'd spent a month there, and if you're on a budget and you want to learn more about the country and mingle with the locals and do adventure and party and surf and whatever you want to do, I think Nicaragua's got the activity that you're looking for, so
1: I really it's hope. has the lot, hasn't it? It's yeah. got the lot. Such a tiny country, it's got the lot. Yeah.
0: So I really hope that this inspires people to travel to Nicaragua as well. So thank you so much. Travel
1: consciously to travel consciously in a troubled country. Thanks, Lisa, so much.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Stephanie, and I wish you every success in the future. I hope that you've enjoyed my first series of the podcast episodes. I've really enjoyed making them for you and I hope that this has inspired and empowered you to travel solo. The next season starts on the 6th of July so we're taking a two-week break but what you can expect from the second season is ways on how to make a difference and how to make an impact when you travel. Wednesdays will still be our destination interviews so Tune in every Monday to find out how to make a difference and every Wednesday for a brand new destination. Thanks for listening to our Girl About The Globe podcast, making solo travel easier for you. Find everything that you need for your solo travels at girlabouttheglobe.com and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.